What's up, kids? Welcome to Poolside Chats with Dom and Chris, the show where we talk about everything from music production to the spiritual side of music creation. I am Chris. And I am Dom. And here we go. All right, we are good. Man, pretty sore today. Been doing some massive set reps with my rings. Oh, yeah? Set reps, massive set reps. That's right, rings. Squeezing the rings. Gotta love those rings. What's up, guys? Uh, Dom is is tired. Um, no, I'm not tired. You're not tired. I said no. sore. Oh, you're sore. Okay, I'm a little, sore, I'm a little sore. I had um, yesterday was uh, chest day. It's always a big day for me. <laughs> you're one of those guys. You I have am. days. I, I do have days. It's the best way to break up your workouts. Like your body. I have just get amazingly good looking <laughs> days. <laughs> just do whatever I need to. <laughs> well, that's good. But some of us don't have such an awesome program in place, Dom. We have to use the gym and weights. And because of that, I've found that if I don't break myself up in days, my <laughs> body uh, pays for it. And I don't like that feeling. It's not a lot of fun. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> enough about uh, Domino's workout schedule. Yeah, out with a workout. that's uh, yeah. You guys know a little more about us. Well, welcome back to the uh, Poolside Chats with uh, Chris and Dom. Uh, it's a uh, lovely evening tonight here in Sacramento. We're about to shoot some pool. We got some studio work uh, ahead of us tonight, and we've got a lot of really cool stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to take a break from the music production gear talk side of things. Dip a little into. Uh, Contests, remix contests, more of the business side of music, and we're going to talk about whatever Dom wants to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. So whatever Dom wants to contribute to the conversation. Well, the show is all for you. I don't it know. Is. It's whatever it you want to talk glad, about. I'm too. glad Dom realizes that. That's yeah, good. that's very good. Well, why don't we start there? Um, so we have got a contest on the horizon. It is uh, very interesting because it's a combination of several different things. So it's a songwriting slash composing remix contest. That's the first element of the contest. The second element. I'm going to break. Okay. Is a mixing contest. And the third element is a mastering contest. Now, this is pretty cool because the reason we're doing this is we really want people of all genres, of all styles, of all backgrounds, of all interests rebreak that. Yeah, that that was crap um to join this contest so the great thing is, is we're offering a total of 10 grand prize winners that's right 10 mark them down guys t-e-n so how this works is there's going to be one grand prize winner that wins best song best mix and best master i mean we really want to be wowed and blown away uh then there's three winners first second and third for each individual category so best mix best remix best master and we're giving away a ton i'm talking a ton of dope dope prizes i mean we have got some amazing companies on board who are sponsoring this contest just to name drop a few uh ssl is going to be involved ik multimedia is going to be involved and plugin alliance i'm just going to stop there that's pretty much all you guys need to know for right now the grand prize winner will be winning the uh complete duende bundle from ssl that's a 1900 bundle as well as the complete bundle from ik multimedia which is i believe a thousand dollar bundle and they're also going to be receiving a custom made guitar by our friends at bbe or bb yeah custom music instruments out of the east coast 
So we're going to have a lot more on the prizes uh, and more info on the contest to come. But I just wanted to share that with you guys all to get you kind of excited. This contest will be kicking off on December 31st. We're going to have open enrollment for the contest. Uh, early part of December, somewhere between the 1st and the 15th. We're not sure of the dates yet. And we're going to hook everybody up with free stuff for entering. So just for entering, you guys are going to get a copy of our 50-page ebook. You're going to get some serum presets and sound packs. You're going to get some free plugins. You're going to get discount value vouchers off major companies plugins i believe ik is offering 20 percent off some products and stuff like that so even if you guys don't follow through with the contest just for signing up we're going to give you about 500 dollars worth of stuff in your email i won't say when i won't say what in detail yet but we'll just say uh it's gonna be fucking awesome yeah i mean i might even enter you should enter i might enter i mean i, <laughs> I we're talking about like i might do a mix for it just yeah for fun yeah um yeah we'll see we will under a pseudo name, uh, you have to, yeah, you know, because I mean, if, if the you, ones we already did, you'll be Don, I'll be Fabio. Yeah, that, that's right, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, for sure, I didn't. No, I know you didn't. Dom is a great memory. My memory is not so sharp these days. But yeah, um, Dom, just tell us a little bit on you know what you think about you know the contest. Better yet, not this contest, but what are your thoughts on remix contests? Have you entered them? Do you yeah, like no, them? Yeah, go what, shoot. Yeah, uh, yeah. So no, that's a good idea. Um. First of all, I just broke. I got in two solids. I'm letting him know as well as anyone who's unfortunate enough to be listening to this right now. But um, yeah, I got two solids in. So your stripes. Good luck. Actually, he has some shots. But yeah, remix contests. I have done a few, um, especially when I was getting to know some stuff. When I first got Ableton, when I first got a lot of stuff and just really wanted to practice with some vocals. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why I really like remix contests because I've never been good enough to win one. Never honestly thought I could win one. I guess it's not the best mindset to go into it, but it's really just practice for me. And I feel like if you're ever wondering um, why you're so bad at keeping up with your own stuff or if you're just getting very discouraged with your own stuff i really suggest just going to one of the many remix contest sites the couple i've used are indaba and skio skio i think s-k-i-o and just get some vocals and just get a part of a little community for a little bit and do some remixing and it really forces you to have a deadline Mm -hmm. makes you do something Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of good things that come out of doing remix contests Mm -hmm. not I mean, and this one's going to have a lot of prizes and stuff and a lot of different categories. So if you feel like you're good at one thing, you can win for that one category. What's the category that's going to be the grand prize? Uh, all three of them have a grand prize. No, there's one one grand prize winner and then there's three winners for each category. So the grand prize winner is what we just talked about, the, the custom guitar, the SSL bundle. But the IK that's bundle. Only, one, only one person's getting all that. Yeah, only one But person. then what category is that? That's for the whole contest. So there's one grand prize winner that does the best best song, remix, mix, and master. It's overall. Cumulatively, yeah, okay. the, the best one. Gotcha. And then there's categories for just the best songwriting, just the best mix, just best, best. So, so let's say that you just want to enter the contest. You don't want to do a remix. You don't want to compose it, but you're just a mixing engineer and you, you care most about mixing. You can just remix the song, like actually mixing engineer yeah. style it, and then submit that and be eligible to win first, second, or third in just that category. I have a tidbit for that because... I just thought about this. If you know you're a pretty good mixer, but you don't have any good tools for mastering or just haven't really done much with it, obviously you can get your track as loud as possible really with getting like a DB of limiting or something, but we're not going to do it off of volume if it's just the mix. It's a mixing competition for that section. And so if you do 
plan on submitting one for just mixing, don't crush your mix. Don't no. make us have any reason to think your mix is less than it is. Cause honestly, right. when we get, um, when we do mix reviews, sometimes people, this one dude sent uh, us a mix and he sent one that was mixed and one that was mastered. And I listened to the mastered first because I generally like to listen to their full idea, right? This is right. where I would assume they want their whole track to go if they mastered it. Right. And I gave him some notes. I was thinking this and then off of a whim, I went and listened to his mix only track. I was like, oh my God, this is open. This is great. It was a great mix. And I had to tell him like, you basically destroyed your, I didn't say it in those terms, right. but he basically destroyed his mix with his master. Right. And I was just blown away by how much better the mix was. Like I would have easily much rather listened to the mix regardless of level by how well he did with it. And awesome. I was just, yeah. it was just crazy how much he crushed it. I was just, that, lim- that limiting or whatever he used just right. was not good for well, it. So. You're, you're actually bringing up a really good point too, because um, guys, if you're just going to enter the mixing portion of this contest, you have to assume that your track is going to be mastered or you're going to send it to a mastering engineer. Therefore, the whole purpose of mixing is contrast, is color, is tone, is push and pull, tension and release, those kind of things. Don't apply any mastering process to it whatsoever. I mean, if you're going to mix into a two bus chain, that's part of your mix. We can understand that. But well, yeah, but unless you're going to enter the mastering contest too, because that's the beautiful thing is you can do a remix, a mix and a master and be eligible to win in every category. So let's just say you do it, you mix it and you just want to do that. You don't even want to work on mastering, send it in. You can just win best mix. But if you want to, if you're like, Hey, my mix came out pretty well, I'm going to give a crack at mastering. You would then enter yourself in the mastering contest mm. as well and could win in both the mixing and mastering yeah. category. But I would say, know what your objectives are. And obviously the more contests or the, the purpose, the, uh, the uh, categories of the contest, the more you can win. But if you're just a mixing engineer, guys, like don't destroy your mix. Like Dom said, give us dynamics, give us like clarity, give us everything that we would want to see as if we were the mastering engineers about to master your mix. So I think that's really important. But anyways, uh, more thoughts on remix contests. Anything else you wanted to share on contest in general? No, not really. Um, I'm just going to repeat what I said before. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they, I was trying to think of any other sites that I've used. I'm pretty sure I've only used Indaba and Skio. Oh, I've done a couple of SoundCloud remixes, um, which work too. I think I did a pure mix. Uh, yeah, I did <laughs> one of those. It's funny. Yeah. I know. I was on SoundCloud ages ago and... I did a pure mix competition and it was through fab, right? Like fab, I think at one of the, um, I don't know if it was a Sweetwater convention or something. Hmm. Cause I think Sweetwater has one. Yeah, and, they do. Um, yeah. It was like uh, one of those things where you can do a little auditorium and fab showed how he would engineer an actual oh, song. Oh, that's uh the gear fest. Yeah. Gear fest. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. he engineered a song there and put it up for remixing or just a mixing comp. It wasn't remixing. It was just straight up right, mixing comp. Right. And I had DAW plugins and no experience. And I was like, oh, this is sounding good. I even like didn't go to a wedding really? of a good fan. Like I went, but I didn't go nearly as long as I was because right. I wanted to finish yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really yeah. important. Yeah. And oh, it was, bro. Uh, no, it was But it was so crappy. Like the mix was so bad. And it's, I didn't know anything. It was just funny how much pressure I put on myself to get this thing done. I mean, it's a good uh, mindset to just to get something done. But at that time in my life and my right. experience, like right. it was not important. I just, that's funny. I've totally forgot about that story. It is but funny. 
I, uh, yeah, but that was all practice, you know, and then I'm better now. So, <laughs> well, I want to just touch on what you just said, because I think what you just said is perfect is guys, the whole purpose of this is to have fun and to get better. So it's like, don't put a lot of pressure. I know we as artists and like when there's a deadline, of course, there's an element of pressure, but like, don't make this really serious. You know, this is for you to learn and grow and get better as an artist, as a producer, as an engineer, whatever it is you are, if you're trying to be all of them, that's great too. But, you know, just have a good time and be creative and just know the prizes there just as an incentive to reward reward you for doing good work. But it's like, don't beat yourself up if you don't do a good of a job or if you don't win. I mean, none of that's important. The important thing is that you grow through this. You get to work on a different genre, a different style. You get to understand structure and deadlines and things that are important if you're going to do this for a career. But most of all, if, if music's not about having fun, then quit right now. Seriously, if you're not doing this for fun, you're doing this for all the wrong reasons. Oh, and then another thing with remix comps is yeah. uh, the couple I did through Indaba, um, I, uh, you do you can, like Indaba real fast? Like, do you like their platform and like oh, everything about it? Oh, it's super simple. It's cool. like, it's mindless. It That's is. just the nice thing about it. Is do that you use all the features? I, the first remix comp I did, I definitely use their, uh, I forget what they call it. It's like their chat room or something. Cause what's cool is you, if there's 30 people in the chat room, right. then you put up your track into you pick a track to put into the roulette and then the track comes up and plays huh. for everyone in there oh, so really? if there's 90 people there's less of a chance as oh. your track getting heard but then that's cool yeah so it's like like it's like a it's like an online radio station at random yeah kind of like pandora yeah. when you and so people button. can like and then you but that's the thing is because you never know when yours might come up right. and i'm sure they have a decent algorithm to make sure you, right. people don't go twice yeah but if there's a lot of people and huh. you wait then everyone hears your track and they can comment comment on it in real time and like it um and to give it in a double like or whatever yeah so it's interesting that way yeah um and so when i first uh, did my first remix there i did it and everyone actually really liked my track the mixing was horrible it was really washy mm-hmm. but my track was incredibly original way too long but mm. it was just like the choices i made the something i do with the vocals i ran it through the vocals through my ring modulator mogerfoger and got it like this girl's voice to be super deep and dark and interesting and uh interesting everyone commented on it and we're like how'd you get that and it was it was cool just like doing something that people didn't know how i did it right you know and they wanted to know but the point of this whole little story is that i did another remix that was a lot more straightforward still pretty original to my standards but it was a lot more straightforward people didn't respect it nearly as much Mm -hmm. just didn't get as much uh feedback on it because it just wasn't as new to people and originality is a big deal that's just what i'm getting at is that it's Try to do something that you've never heard before in a mix and just come up with something crazy. Even if it's slightly off-putting at first, but if it still keeps the energy, um, then just keep it in. Just try to be original of some sort. I right. know, that's that's I the agree. point. Originality is king. You know, if you guys are shopping your music to record labels or, you know, want to make a creative music or just be heard and seen, I mean, that's really the key is just be as original as you possibly can. You know, everybody has influences and idols. You know, take what you love from those people and create something that's unique to you. I think that's, as an artist, probably the hardest person on, you know, a more spiritual, philosophical level right now. That's really the hardest thing is that, you know, we want to be like our people we love so much that we wind up copying them and, and we wind up 
being carbon copies of them or, you know, not getting close to them and being discouraged about it. So I was going to say as, as an artist myself, I think it's really important to like take your influences, but make them you. Cause that's what all of our influences have done. You know, they yeah. have taken the bands and the artists they love and then incorporated those into their style and then made something unique and original. And I think that's, if you strive for that as an artist, you'll have really, you know, whatever you define success as in life, money, fame, people listening to your music, you just getting to do what you love every day. No matter what you define success as, if you create a style that you feel authentic about and is honest about where you're at in your life I think that's the most important when you started producing what was some of the first artists that you were listening to you know that's a great question because when I started getting in the studio I was just coming out of rock bands and playing guitar so it's like when I was you know involved in music I Metallica got me started playing guitar and then I grew up on classic rock Rolling Stones Beatles all that stuff um, and it was actually a roommate of mine that I was living with who kind of got me into EDM and I just really appreciated uh, the intricacies of the production because in rock it's very raw it's it's not super super produced what was some of the first EDM artists you got into because like mine Bre- my like my first one was Kembro's really mm. um, like this band Underworld that um, brought up that the mastering yeah. guy worked a lot on yeah. um, they have a lot of like guitar and rock influence well not really but like Kembro's has like a very rock mix tone they do yeah and they're like not, the, like pendulum kind yeah of. it's like old school yeah. feel not like except they have really like tonal stuff right. like they're compressed settings are very rock oriented like it sounds like they're not using a lot of high pass mm-hmm. filtering on mm-hmm. their compressors mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff so i felt like that breached it i didn't get into like actual edm like house stuff no, for a while no. no i started there too in that genre because i first got exposed to everything uh like crystal method yeah and stuff that was like it that Chris, the 90s. Yeah. yeah the chris meth and uh yeah. the kembras yeah yeah no <laughs> crystal yeah i know for sure it's like dom's a big kembras fan i'm a big crystal method fan like he we like no, legion you know, of boom no, dude I, I had that on loop oh, i was like dude vegas was a great uh, album oh, like yeah, tweaken yeah. was a great album the, there was those earlier ones like oh great. dude I, when i dj'd clubs like busy child made it into every set like like uh, PhD made it into every set, like everything. And I think what really got it going for me was Daft Punk early on. Like I, I, I really yeah. love Daft Punk. Like a human <laughs> after all was like the, the song I used to start every DJ set with. It was one of my favorite Daft Punk. Tracks. Oh man. Uh, I can't remember what the tracks called by Daft Punk. It's like, Oh, it's La Funk. Oh yeah. Um, That's a but great song. Well, what's funny is like in high school, I had a Walkman in my backpack mm. with one CD per day. Like I'd probably exchange a CD every two weeks. Nice. And the funk was on one of the albums. It starts with like the bus station mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But then the four on the floor comes in right. and I thought it was incredible right. because every, but every track after that moment, it's like my stuff's geared around four on the floor. Yeah. Like it's normal. It's everyone uses it now, but because I was listening to Kembros and Crystal Method, they're very mm-hmm. like broken up beats. They right. do they don't do four on the floor. They do a lot of like almost hip hop beats mm-hmm. with other True. things. Yeah, yeah, it's just not it's not four on the no, floor for the most no, part. No. And if it is, it's not that fast. And so when it was just the pure kick of Daft Punk doing it, uh, just through freaking earbuds, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I was I was. It's funny how much I appreciated that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like walk around campus mm-hmm. just like. But bobbing my head to it. Yeah. No, it's uh, good stuff. Groove Armada, I was really into oh, Groove too. Armada's great. Yeah, not, for sure. Not they're all these these three bands are very original. Yeah. Oh, very. Crystal very. Method probably fit more into a mold because it was just like really good version of yeah. tech. Yeah. I don't know, techno, you know? Yeah, it was, back then it was kind of like, that was like mainstream, you know, you had guys like that and guys like Moby and stuff like that, yeah. you know, that were really Well, big. Moby wasn't that type of music. 
No, but he they I'm saying they got lumped into that genre because it wasn't like a mainstream genre at the time. So it's like a lot of the stuff that hit the radio was kind of lumped into that sound because gotcha. people just didn't know a lot about it because yeah. all the underground stuff and the raves and the warehouse parties and stuff never made the radio. So it's like the Crystal Methods got lumped into just being quote unquote techno. <laughs> Actually, but Moby does have a one song called like Ah Ah or something and it's his to the today's standards it's like a horrible just mm-hmm. rave dance song and it's just so bad like the mixing and everything but at the time like it was just energy yeah. that's all people wanted yeah, in that no, music sure. they just yeah. ravers just wanted to dance and have anything coming out of the yeah. speakers with energy yeah it's all it's and, all it was yeah. uh like freaking la warehouse raves mm-hmm. and stuff that sounds mm-hmm. like so much fun oh i wish i would have been a part of that you know, <laughs> i was too engulfed in the the rock music scene at that time to like get in, involved in the rave scene but i wish i would have because those were like when rave was cool you know it's like that was the underground stuff that people were all about the music and the community and stuff like that things have really changed over the last um 10 years especially because edm now is like it's like this so generation's different. rock music you know it's oh, like so i go crazy. to i remember even five years ago going to festivals like ultra and edc and people were like the vibe was different people were dancing jumping around having fun now people stand there and just bob their heads like they're at a rock show you know they don't move they just stand in one well place. that's because you're listening to dubstep yeah that, that could be true because <laughs> that's be true. never the case when i'm listening to like my favorite artists that are four on the floor like you know because it's just yeah. bouncy and no that's true that's <laughs> no true. but you could be talking about no the, but i'm saying even yeah. like because i've seen guys like zed and other people and it's 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 just it's this it's this generation's yeah. rock show like kids that are 15 you know 13 aren't going to see metallica they're not going to see acdc they're going to see like martin garrix you know so it's like and that's their their new rock pop concert is like is these edm shows and they're cool i mean they're they're well done shows but it's just like you don't really hear people getting excited about rock music anymore like no one is like like super pumped to go see chevelle you know yeah i guess the actual genre rock that's super rock oriented, but a lot of people go see alternative. Oh yeah. And well, that's totally different. Yeah. So yeah. I was, I, I kind of, that's the funny thing is I lump rock and alternative in these days into the kind of the same category. But if you're talking about like actual rock, like Foo Fighters yeah. and that's Foo not, Fighters, Chevelle, yeah, that, that sound used to be Manson. so cool yeah. just for even young kids. Yeah. Um, maybe there are some out there that still, but yeah, that's my point It's like this, this generation, that's not what's cool anymore. And that's totally fine. That's what I like about it. But to, to kind of segue back to Dom's original question was that, you know, when I started producing it, like that's what I started listening to. But when I actually got in the studio, I was really big into like electro house and stuff like that and progressive, uh, progressive EDM. So I liked Porter Robinson. I liked, um, sub focus adventure club knife party, all these guys that were like, they were kind of like, they weren't really one genre. Like it was like a little extra house, like the birth of kind of where dubstep started the forum. Like I remember when I first heard, you know, Skrillex's uh, Scary Monsters, Nice Sprites. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one heard of that. And everybody's like, what is this? It's just like- That actual song cl- with that lead, yeah. that vocal yeah. like uh, cut lead mm-hmm. or you know, the sampled vocal mm-hmm. lead that was like- mm-hmm. That's pretty sexy. Yeah. But it was the drop and how aggressive. Cause like, See, I didn't like the drop. And, well, I still, see, know, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I came from rock and metal. So I was yeah. like, this is cool. It's like metal electronic. And I was like, music. that's a sick buildup. And then what is that? Like, I respected it. I was just like, I can't, da- I'm so used to bouncing up and yeah. down and jumping yeah. and I can't really do that. But I get why metal, cause like, same thing with metal, I can't like groove to thing. it. And it's so the it's the same, same like feeling yeah. of dance you get yeah. that. It's the aggression, you yeah. know, the aggression of dubstep. It's like, that's why metal music is dead these days and no new metal bands come out, but all the kids listen to dubstep you know it's it's this generation's metal you know yeah. it's like and that's the cool thing about it because it's all energy but it's like that's what kind of got me started and then when i got in the studio you know those are my my major influences and i did a lot of remixes and i try to do a lot of you know my own kind of songs but 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's so cool because EDM has changed so much in five years. I mean, there's like a, like 3,000 subgenres of every single it's music. I, I can't keep up with them. There's no way to keep up. It's and, almost nice though, because there's so many different ones that when I work well, on my own stuff, yeah. I don't feel like I'm pushing, put, getting myself in a corner anywhere. because. No. Well, it's the most expansive genre because now everybody's crossing genres. So you're getting traps, trap like hi hats mixed in with dubstep kicks, mixed in with the 128 tempo, mixed in with halftime stuff from Chill Step, and it's like you're you're fusing all these these things together, which is really cool. And I think it's great because there's so many good textures out there now, and because like the sample companies are getting so much better, they're hooking people up for cheap with you know great sound packs and great leads and great pads and saws, and it's like I mean you can do anything but i think that's what i like about it is like if a rock band like for instance when a band like green day started to go pop everybody called them a sellout and like that's what happened in traditional music like when you changed your style you were considered a fake and a sellout but now you can literally change your style every day in edm and it's considered evolution but yeah it's like because of that edm is really the most expansive genre and anything goes you know it's it's the genre where creativity is really really appreciated in, in other genres of the past, it was looked at as a marketing ploy or people not sticking to their roots or a band going through changes and not being as good, quote unquote. But I think that's the cool thing about the EDM genre and why it's going to be so prolific for so many years and we're just getting started is that it really enables creativity and it welcomes creativity and that's what music's about, creativity. And there's always going to be people who want to dance. That's, always. Yeah. Always. So dancing is one of those human staples Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's always going to be people who like to get down and EDM is always going to be a genre that produces stuff that people can get down to. And it's really nice when an actual band creates stuff that's danceable, right? but it's a lot harder just because you have to, to make a danceable song, like a lot of our favorite funk songs back in the day, Mm -hmm. like all of the cool gang stuff, cool in the Mm -hmm. gang stuff and Parliament, mm, Parliament, yeah. um, just a lot of that good funk. Like they were just amazing musicians, yeah. and they were tight. Yeah, and so EDM, it's yeah. really easy to be tight, right? And create a cool right. groove because right. it's all MIDI, right? And you don't need to know how to play an instrument, right? And so that's, um, it's just great that you can get dance, danceable tunes easily now, and it's just very consistent. And that's what I love about the genre. I like to move. Like when I go to a concert, I want to be able to move. If some reason when I stand, like my body can handle moving a while and mm-hmm. my back will never hurt. Some reason if I'm just standing, my lower back will start to hurt. Really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just, like, if I'm at a slow concert, like I really like the band Death Cab for Cutie. They're amazing musicians. Songs are cool, but I've seen them twice in concert mm-hmm. and I was just, I just had to stand the whole time. I couldn't mm-hmm. move because there's mm-hmm. none of those songs really right. got me. And then they're more emotional tear jerkers over. Well, anything else. I mean, they're still cool. Like they have some cool grooves and stuff and the right. drummer's amazing, but right. it just wasn't danceable tunes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, well, then I see Chromio and oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. oh baby, this is great. And oh, I saw yeah. them before they came out with their newest album with white women on it. And then also after and their older stuff, I like the best, but it was just one of my best concerts I've ever seen. It was just so danceable and fun. But nice, yeah. I was very impressed. Actually, the the most recent or one of the most recent shows I went to, I saw Zed. I'm a huge Zed fan. I think he's great. He's just such a talented musician, yeah. producer, songwriter. But his set was awesome, and he played for like two hours. But most of all, it was cool. They had this curved screen, so it was like a big ass curved TV. 
and he had all the graphics and everything going through like simulated worlds and they were triggered perfectly and there was pyrotechnics perfectly and it was like the screen was so what were big the simulated and so, worlds oh dude it was like underwater worlds and like like old school archaic worlds like he would just like you'd all of a sudden kaigo did the same thing oh everybody's gonna do it now oh uh, you know, dude it's, it's they, the, he took you under the water yeah. with the fishes yeah. and yeah. then, it, and then yeah. it made it say kaigo right yeah and then uh he got that from zed yeah Zed's, Zed's started it. yeah for sure but it's just cool because even the electronic shows now what i like about them is they're getting more interactive and it sucks because like personally i hate screens like because dom and i are on screens all day computers making videos doing mixes so it's like when i can get away from screens i'm really happy that's why i like the podcast Podcast. I'm looking at Dom. He's right in front of me. We got a nice pool table here. It's a break on my eyes. But I will say the technology they're getting into yeah, with like some of the software, dude, it's so cool. So cool. Um, what's up with Zed's Dead? Is that is that a different art? Yeah, completely they're, different they're like hard dubstep guys. They're like a little softer than something like Excision, but they're super dirty, grimy. Because I was like, is this a weird off project no, from Zed? No. Zed's Dead, I think, came out before Zed actually did. But yeah, a lot of people thought that. But yeah, they're polar, polar opposites. That's interesting. Yeah. Your stripes, take a shot. Cool. Um, well, what else do you want to talk about? I'll just talk about, about some of my earlier influences because I just have a different, right. like how I got into the four and the floor stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, I I think the first main club song that I really got into was I Remember, the collab for, with Cascade and Dubstep. Yeah. And what's crazy about that song and this it's funny because this goes to show why I became more of a Dead Mouse fanboy than Cascade, is because I saw that song played by both of them at the same Coachella. Cascade was using CDJs with actual CDs in them, and he was he had um, he put them in the the uh, the CDJ right, and then when he's done with the CD, it probably had like one song on it each, and he just throw it on the on the ground. But mm. he played that song, and I was like sick because he played it before I saw Dead Mouse later that same day. Yeah, Dead Mouse played it. It was so much cleaner, had so much more impact, mm. and he must have ripped it down to its source and and right. played like an unmastered right. version or something. A lot of dynamics, and it's his set was just. It's always been the cleanest set I've ever heard. Chromio at Coachella and Dead Mouse at Coachella have been my, the cleanest sets I've yeah. ever heard. And when I saw dead mouse, he dropped Sophie needs a ladder, the first song with that buildup and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing. But you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I'm, I'm not a huge dead mouse fan as a producer. I his live sound is just, it, no, so his sound is ugh. great. That's the thing is like, he, he has a very warm analog sound. That sounds great. And I will say at ultra, he came on and I was about to walk off from the stage and go to another stage but it was just the best live sound I've ever heard in electronic music. So I, I, I couldn't move. I'm like, well, I, even though I like, I don't like his songs cause they're like eight minutes and they're all like, they're so monotonous, like aggressively monotonous yeah. for my taste. But like the sound quality is so clean that I'm like, I can't walk away from this. Like the audio file in me is like yeah, in heaven right now. It's insane. Yeah. What's crazy is that, um, I've read up a bit on him and supposedly when he was in Canada starting to DJ, he wouldn't DJ, right? He doesn't use turntables. He uses right. Ableton. Right, yeah. And so he and was like a ton of like trigger but, pads and stuff like that. And what his, uh, like he's a got lot the of lemur. Have you seen the lemur? Well, a lot of that's for his lights. Well, oh, he it has is? the, well, he obviously has a huge yeah. square. Yeah. That. I don't that's, even know that if that has like 64 by 60. Yeah. 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 Regardless, though, when you're starting out, um, I believe that I read that he, pe- other DJs were getting mad at him, like, kind of just frustrated because his sound was so much better because he right. wasn't just using mp3s going through because he was able mm. to use the waveforms mm. 
from his Ableton sets that he was DJing. And then Ableton actually to use MP3s has to convert them into waves. Really? It decodes them. Really? And I didn't know that. I just read that. That's really cool. um, Note that guys, if you're an Ableton DJ, you're going to have an Ableton DJ. And (laughs) it's just the way it turned out because CDJs are freaking expensive. And I had all this, I had all this stuff to have Ableton already. Nice. Um, So that's the main reason why I went that way. But uh, everything's better now. Like the new DJM, uh, I don't know if it's what it's called, but they have like the 900, they have like, oh, what is it? I can't remember, but they have the, the DJM Nexus. 900, but they have a new, new one now that's 40. Oh, really? It's, uh, the old one was 44, 44 16, 16 bit. No, now yeah. it's 24, 24 bit. bit. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I haven't heard it. I don't know if it even sounds better, but it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, 24 pre- bit sounds better than 16 bits, but I mean, unless you're on good speakers and stuff, you're not going to, well, really the, know the, the jump from eight to 16 is huge. Oh yeah. Like if you yeah. go into the actual coding of why 16 bits gives you so much more, uh, resolution than mm-hmm. eight bits, it's like, I want to say eight bits gives you like 300 dots of resolution and that's mm. might be even way more than you think then 16 bits gives you i want to say like thirty-two thousand or oh, something wow. and then 24 is just ridiculous it's, right. it's something that drastic my numbers yeah. are definitely off but yeah. the jump from 8 to 16 is like for instance if you have a um a bit plugin um bit crusher bit crusher or yeah. something and you're able to change the bit rate if you go from 20 to 16, you won't really hear it. But then when you go to 16 to eight, you're going to be like, that's that video game sound. Right, the I'm pixelated block. It's just sound. crazy how yeah. it works. It's pretty, yeah. it's exponential. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I've got a couple of those. Actually, I just used one of those, as a matter of fact. It's so funny on a mix that I'm doing right now. A lot of people do. A lot yeah. Of pros are, yeah. Like the Dave Pensado video I just watched, he had a bit crusher. Mm-hmm. The yeah, in fact, Joey Sturgis uh, of Joey Sturgis Tones just became a partner of Continuum, and he hooked us up with his plugins. And I was actually using his Pixelator plugin on a synth in parallel. So what I did is I, I used the main lead synth, and I used some bright EQ. I think I used like a Neve to open the top end or something else with like a 12k shelf, and then I blended in an 8-bit signal of the same synth underneath it, and it just sounded super grimy in the mid range, but it sounded really cool. Tony Maserati of Mirrorball Studios was on, it was in an interview and he said that he's been using a lot of bit crushing too. And he just either, I don't know how he does it. You use the plugin and I don't know if he just uses the dry wet on the plugin or whatnot, but he explained something about it that I really agree with. And that's when you, what the heck was that? Come back. Look at that. Bam. <laughs> So he said back in the day when you wanted to add energy to something, you'd be on an SSL board and you just pump the high end up, the high shelf and be like, there's your energy. But now that's not the sound. And that's a very eighties, like early nineties thing. Mm -hmm. And he said, when you add bit crush to something, it kind of, he used his hands and he meant, he motioned to like how normally you'd add the energy up top and he like motioned with his uh, hand up high. But he said like, it just makes the mid range almost expand and it add does. more energy yep. without adding all the yep. highs. It does. And it just gives you like this forward push and it's more modern sounding. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just something the way that degraded sound interacts with the pristine sound. It just, it's just a nice effect. So mess around yeah. with Big Crush. It's cool sometimes if you want to use it in full and you get that obvious video game sound, but 
if you just mix it in, it's just a really obvious crunch that you can yep. get really quick. Yep. No, I think the bit crushers are really cool. They're they're just so aggressive uh, that they sound terrible, but that's why. But if you're using it, blended in at 15%, 20% to an original signal source, uh, turned down and maybe automated too, it sounds really good. You know, I think that, you know, we as engineers and Dom and I are active learners like we talk about and you know we'd love to learn from you guys too so please submit emails to us and and make videos and give us links to stuff we can watch that you're doing because we want to learn from you guys too you know I think that that's what it's about it's about staying contemporary with the time so you know I know Dom is he's not one for new plugins he likes to use his products that he has and get to know him really well and I, I'm a big proponent of that too but I also always want to test and experiment with the new stuff because the new stuff is going to generate new sounds and when people are producing and if a couple hit songs like let's take you know like a um let's see who's who's kind of like like a like a trevolo or something like that you know just or when lord came out you know she had that like really empty reverby sound and stuff like that you never know what technique's going to catch on and by using plugins in creative ways comes back to originality it does yeah oh it's all about creativity came out i was like what is this sound oh yeah it it was unheard of but then it caught on then taylor swift is doing the same thing in her songs and it's like it gets really big but the thing is is like that's why i'm always looking at new plugins is like i don't use plugins for mixing like dom and i talk about all this time like a big part of my plugin uh collection is is creativity it's vibe and it's to like manipulate sounds before i start running into eqs and compressors so like i use them for tonal shaping and and creative avenues so for me staying on top of the new current stuff is important because who knows what's going to create the next big sound so it's like Right, right now we're just getting into like heavily saturated reverb stuff on drums. That's a big part of sound. Either that or they're bone dry. So it's like, who knows what you'll create? But you know, use any plugin you can and push the limits of that plugin and and creatively experiment with them. Like, don't just read the manual and then do like play it safe. You know, really push them hard. See see what you get. Make it crazy. I love. I mean, I it's what it's hard for me to do is to start using a new plugin all the time. I definitely try out every new plugin I get. I don't just let it sit and be like, oh, I'm not going to like a grumpy old man, not wanting change, but it's, it is hard for a new plugin to get into my constant rotation just because I feel like overcomplicating your um, process can be uh, a little, uh, make things a little, go a little slower, but um, definitely enjoy trying new stuff. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of replicas of good stuff out there by one. There's so many bit crushing plugins out there. So that's, that's where it gets is like a lot of the new plugins I've gotten. I have so many opto compressors. Like that's the whole thing. It's there's so many replicas, so many channel strips I have. Mm -hmm. It's like, which, which one am I going to use? You know, I I agree. And by all means, guys, I'm not encouraging you to go crack a bunch of plugins or buy a bunch of plugins. Yeah. Or even demo a bunch of plugins. I mean, demoing is great and all, but like all I'm simply saying is that like, I personally have got to a stage in my own productions to where I've been using a lot of my plugins for five years and I know how most of them sound. And for instance, I know the difference in my ear. If I put on a Pultec clone by PSP who makes one and by Waves who makes one and by Universal Audio who makes one and by Nomad Factory who makes one, I have all four of those. I know the differences. I know what one does the low end that another one doesn't. What one does the mid range that another one doesn't. So it's like, for me, I like experimenting with new plugins because I want to add like a tonal collection of my sound. So even though I've got more plugins that I could ever need, I get inspired in the mix. So like, for instance, yesterday uh, I'm mixing late at night and I remembered that I had this really cool plugin uh, by, who was it? I think it was uh, DMG Audio. 
And yeah, it was DMG. Yeah, it was yeah, like because Dom Dom was totally there and everything. He knows. They don't know that. They don't know that. They don't know. <laughs> so DMG makes this. It's called the Equilibrium, and it's a really cool EQ that models all different curves. So you can pick like the low band to be a Neve, the mid band huh. to be an API, the top band to be uh, a Siemens, whatever you want. So Which like are all low grade EQ. So I don't know why you'd want to. Oh, of course, any of those. yeah, yeah, Neve, Siemens, who, yeah, Siemens, yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyways, um, the point is like I I forgot I had it because you know, Dom and I have so many plugins, but the thing is in that very moment, I thought to myself, cause I was looking down at my hardware and I was already using my, my knees and my APIs. And I'm like, man, I need another Neve bottom end for that round bottom end, but that punchy mid range. And I was like, how do I do this? Do I stack universal audio plugins? Do I use plugin yes. Alliance? Yes. And usually that's the case. Yes. But <laughs> I, I was like, oh wow. But it sucks. Cause the DMG plugin is so CPU intensive. I had to print down immediately. Cause it like sucked up all my horsepower. Cause I was running in 88.2. But the point is like, I just like knowing, like I get to know my plugins well enough to where it's just like this little microcosm is burned into my brain saying, hey, when you want to do this, you have a plugin to do that. And I just, for my workflow, I just, I find that exciting and cool. Oh no, absolutely. Staying motivated by getting new toys is huge. Like Chris and I were talking about kicks earlier and that's my the bane of my existence when it comes to producing is getting the right kick. And then if you're ever frustrated with the kick, which I feel like a, no one, I told them this, but I haven't talked to everyone in the world, but I said that I feel like a lot of, no one's ever happy with their kick. And they kind of just sit with something at the end that it's just the best thing they've done so far. And the people who can just get themselves to finish things, they end up with a kick that they're not horrified with. And I, the thing is, is like, I get off on getting new hardware sound creation stuff. Oh, me too. Me too. And that's why I was telling him I was looking at the Arteria Drum Brute, which is a mm. new uh, drum synth that came out completely analog. And I've never had one yet. I have a few so uh, analog synths, and but I've never had a drum synth. And yeah, a lot of the samples that you get... Um, Actually, I don't know if like Vengeance stuff is sampled from drum synths or whatnot or uh, analog synths or not, but I know they're processed a lot and it would just be fun to do all yeah. my own processing yeah. from raw and just get my own scratch drums. Well, this brings up a great topic and I think this is a cool segue here. Is don't, that I have nothing against using samples. I've used them all the way up to this point. No, though, me too. And everyone uses them. It's funny because Dead Mouse, who I've always liked that he makes Dom his own stuff. Dom is a stuff. huge Dead Mouse fan. Well, huge. no, when it comes to pro like, I don't I don't watch his live feeds or anything. Those are lame. That's Why are they just, lame though? But I don't watch them just because they so, take up so much time. I well, just that's, don't. That's my point is like, if he did more, it's mostly him just like smoking his, cigarettes. Yeah, in and his like, older studio, yeah. he just, it was more confined and it yeah. was cooler. Now yeah. in his big studio, he yeah. just, all you see is him sitting in it, his desk. Exactly. Like, and once in a while, um, I'll, I'll see a snippet of it. People put snippets of them that are cool, but right. Um, he, in one of his videos, uh, he was sitting with Steve Dutta, who's always been in the background oh, with yeah. him. Yeah. And, uh, it was like, oh, what's that sample there? And it was like, oh, it's a vengeance sample. And he tried to like say, oh, it's okay to use vengeance, you know, once in a while. But right. I was doing this with it. Right. And right, it was right, like, right. Well, trying I to cover his tracks. No, but like, because yeah. <laughs> he's always been known to make all of his own original right, stuff. And then right. he's using a vengeance right, sample. Right, and he kind right. of was like, hey, vengeance are some of my favorite no, samples. No, exactly. They make so great stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying it's totally cool. And it's just whatever works for the track. It just, if you have a good song, we've said this a million times and we're going to say it more. It's, yep. If the kick that's sampled and processed for you makes you have a great song because you're still the one having to put everything together, mm -hmm. not everyone can do that. Nope. But and I still want to experiment with making my yeah, own. And if it's yeah. a horrible 
thing where it just never works out, then I'll end up talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, it'll be interesting because I'll let you guys know how it goes making my own my own samples. Well, that's what I want to talk about. And this will be the last topic for yeah. the podcast is, you know, there's this, this huge debate online to where um, a lot of like pretty famous producers or whatever, like getting called out for using samples and people saying that that's not cool and that's not creative and that's not original. And I, I want to talk for a few minutes about using samples versus creating samples in, you know, honest to God opinion, I've been using samples for years. I love samples. I also record a lot of my own stuff and use my own stuff. I also take samples and run them through hardware, reamps and manipulate them. And, you know, for our own perspective, so you know where Dom and I stand, because like, I don't think anybody should feel bad about using a sample pack. I don't think that if, if you've got 50 bucks and you don't have any snares or you don't know how to design good leads yet, and you sink that money into a sample pack that helps you make music and helps you do what you love to do, then I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And it just sucks because there's so much stuff on the internet now making people feel bad about using that kind of stuff and honestly all the greats use it a lot of the greats now make it and i just don't feel like anybody should be ashamed of investing money in sample packs and using them to make me i always forget that there's more samples than drums because i feel like percussions the hardest things are the hardest things to make yourself especially in edm right but uh, yeah there's totally lead samples and all i i've just never used those i just I kind of just forgot about them because for some reason, when I think of samples, I think of percussion, but mm. there's loops. There's obviously oh, bass everything. loops. Everything. There's everything. Everything. I just, I personally have never touched them um, because that's part of like the origin originality thing for me because drums are not tonal. They're not, they have nothing with melody or anything. They can you know? be tonal though. They definitely no, no, can I know. be tuned no, no, and they I have mean, a texture for and instance, a timbre to like them. no one listens you mean like to a melodic. drum line melodic yeah, yeah. they're not melodic yeah, they're, yeah. they're definitely tonal for right, sure right, like right. they can have a no they all have notes right 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 tune your tune your drums people. please tune your drums <laughs> there is nothing i hate more that i will say dom asked me if i want to talk about anything from the current mix i'm working on and i will say the one thing i can't stand about it is the drums are not tuned and it really throws yeah. me out of the whole song that so there's a few things that don't get brought up a lot they do more now uh but that don't get brought up a lot that create a professional sounding song. Tune everything. Everything. Tuning your drums in everything. Even if it's by ear, like mess with it. Cause we use Melodyne to check it. Yeah. You can just throw it in there. There's yeah. other ways to do it. Um, tuners don't really work cause they're not really meant for drums. No. I tune my analog synths with a generic tuner, but that's different. That's, different. that's like tuning a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But the drums, if you don't have a means to do it, at least, Get some way of fine tuning it or using semitones and um or even a test that. tone, you know, it's like you can you can generate every DAW has a signal generator yeah. stock. So you can set that to go over to a piano. If you don't have a piano, just look up tones on the internet. So middle C, for instance, is four forty. So set like your tone at four forty and then just shift that up and down on the grid until you figure out what key you're in. Oh, I think that sounds like an F. Okay, so I might be an F. And then just tune all your drums to F and see how it sounds. Oh, well, it's easier than that of finding the key of your song. Go to your lead, look at the first note. That's how I do it for the most part. Cause yeah, well no, like stuff that has yeah, like an obvious yeah, lead. Yeah. If yeah. your stuff's very melodic, like I don't know about dubstep and like thing is when you get to more aggressive sound sounding right. stuff with less of an actual key yeah, signature, it might be big, hard to do it by E the and just be like, yeah. and a lot of times your kicks aren't tonal at that point too. Cause right. like dubstep kicks right. are very punchy. Right. And they're, you just need to make sure it fits in the mix. Yeah. yeah. But like house stuff is huge. Trance is huge. Mm -hmm. That's what you're working on. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> the, the, the track I have right now is like, it's the, the artist is calling it 
pure uplifting trance. That is his title. I to me, it sounds like a mixture of trance. Do you get uplifted when you listen to it. It, it is uplifting. You know, it's one of those anthem trance songs that you can hear at a DJ set. You, you know, go? big. Yeah, big of uh, it's your shot. Big evolving pads and leads. Uh, you know, very deep. A lot of reverb on everything. Very atmospheric. And I think I might I might have just got banned from Facebook. Oh no! Really? I I just might have. I just yeah. I know that really. You might have. You definitely did. I think so. Because is he not letting you? It's not letting me. It doesn't. We'll find out how long it's for. It it doesn't it doesn't look good. That's so disappointing. Let me let me check our own group did you not here. Space it out enough? No, I definitely did. I was blasting. We had some new content come out. I just wanted to share a video and. Uh, what you yeah. Uh, yes. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're going to eat. I think it's dinner time for us. So that about adjourns it. The only thing I wanted to say on the on the topic of samples, guys, is, you know, use them for your, your creativity. Don't just drag and drop full songs in. You know, they're going to give you full drum loops and melody lines, stuff like that. At least chop them up, you know, at well, least. Hey, so if, if you do do that and no one notices and people like it and they think it's an amazing song, then you got away with it and great. Right. Um, and just don't tell people that you used it. I that got way. banned for two weeks. How much, how long was mine? Three? Two weeks. It's always two weeks. I'm welcomed back on November 9th. So anybody who's listening to the podcast, November 9th is the next time that I'm back on Facebook. Ah, it's my fault. I should have I should have spaced it out over two days. I was trying to blast it out all tonight. So that's that's. And it was me. tonight. See, I even did oh, yeah. multiple no, today. Like I, I spread it out. I I should learn. We've been banned enough times from Facebook by now that um we should know how to do it. But we get a little overzealous at times. I just did. So hey, it is what it is. Whatever. Dom's gonna have to finish the posting for me tomorrow. So that's why I don't like that you got banned. <laughs> I I I agree. Because <laughs> now I'm gonna get banned because I'm gonna. Have- three separate things to do. If anybody All wants to join us and help us post on Facebook, please PM us and email us. Can we just we get an really army of more. spammers? We, we, need, we need an army of spammers. Our content's good and it's free. Like I get people see it as spam and, and Facebook and algorithms and people complain. It's out of love. Like we don't, we don't get crap from it in return. No, besides nothing. maybe a little notoriety or something. Yeah. But really, we just want the thanks. Like we just want people to, like we just want to help people. So when people say, hey, your video is awesome, thank you for sharing that's why we do this we just want you know to make a difference whatever (laughs) facebook doesn't care all righty it's it all right guys Uh, that's it for us peace out so lame so lame